This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Welcome to My Worst State. I'm Cassie. I'm Keegan. I'm Christina. We have some really, I would call it devastating news. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what Elon Musk and uh, Grimes of... R.I.P. Yeah. Oh, it's a, Listen. it's a sad, sad day. Love isn't real, you guys. And oh. I think that's what we're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I think we all thought that it was going to last forever. I Devastated. Mean. Do you know how mad I got? I mean, for... for Everything for the advancements that we've made, right, mm-hmm. in the algorithms that we have on all of our streaming platforms, you would think that Netflix knows me well enough mm-hmm. not to banner autoplay whatever that dumb Elon Musk SpaceX documentary is. Oh, oh I for haven't me. seen that. They yeah. do know me well enough. They're like, no. I turned on my Netflix and that man is on my TV talking to me. No. I, you, you, I, no. <laughs> like Netflix, I thought we were closer than this. I thought we were tighter no. than this. I thought you knew me better. Why would you do that to me? And Listen, they're like, we've heard like you a say, jump scare. We've heard you na- say the word Elon Musk multiple times. <laughs> and so we thought. We must thought, mean you love him. Right. Yeah. Ooh. I mean... Listen, like celebrity couples getting together and breaking up, it's it's kind of like interesting or whatever. This one, I just like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I just ever understood anything about it. I could give. I know. I, I have a real don't care <laughs> moment about the whole thing, honestly. I really just don't understand why people mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. <sighs> I, I just, I really don't get it. Do culturally, people, people love Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah. They Col- keep giving him attention and I don't fucking understand. Okay. He got fucking high with Joe Rogan one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a broader like sociology <laughs> conversation because <laughs> yeah. I could really get into why people uh, like Elon Musk with our culture of worshiping money yeah. and money makers being part of it. But, Anywho, money havers, yeah. money make havers. Shit. Speaking of algorithms, though, real quickly, I have to talk about like you know how little time I've spent on on Facebook. Like I'm yeah. literally like it's a five minute catch up a day, if that. If I get on it all, right. like it's a really low on my totem pole of things that I do. Period. I, mm-hmm. I just don't have the time. I really truly don't. I texted you guys earlier this week and was like, it's been four days since I've had a shower. I literally wake up, go to my computer to work get off my work computer to get on my school computer, then go lay down to watch like one show before I fall asleep. Like that is my week. It's been wild. So the funny thing that I've noticed is that when I have gotten on Facebook recently, my Amazon ads are like, we don't know what you like anymore. So here are like a bunch of random things that are like, (laughs) I'm like, what? Like, I don't like, it's just weird stuff. Like one, I got like a Wayfair thing that was like, here's a portable bathtub that is like, what? (laughs) You know, it's funny because I texted back and I was like, well, I've taken three depression baths this week. So I don't know which is worse, you know? And Amazon 
Amazon does know me because it's trying to sell me like weighted blankets. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. it's like, honey, we we, got we you. can see you're going through a rough time right now. Here's some self care. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I I I was was like that last week. Got into a really bad spot, and I did have time actually to to shower. I just chose. <laughs> you're like not no, to, and not then today. that day that I finally did, I was like immediate mood boost yes oh, yeah. mm-hmm. i was like oh wow that i should at least make it a habit if you're feeling sad or feeling down yeah take well, a shower it's yeah. glorious that's the thing about depression mm-hmm. that's really upsetting is that oftentimes when you're depressed it's like those things that are going to make you feel better are the things that you can't make yourself do right like getting up going for a walk like cleaning up cleaning your up the space house. like yeah. taking a shower are all the things you don't do because you're depressed and yep. then it's like a horrible like cycle because <laughs> <Right. laughs> it is it is all the things that actually make you feel great like if my house is clean like i love the process of having my house clean like mm-hmm. i love i love the feeling of having a shower feeling clean like yeah yeah and i was telling <laughs> you I was telling you guys last time we recorded that because you were like Keegan why do you have a face of makeup on I was like I didn't do anything or go mm-hmm. anywhere yeah but I did this to make myself feel better it's yeah. like those little things that you do to like they will those little mood boosters like yeah. you were saying like I don't know yeah no that is a good point and then I watched um I've actually been left to my own devices this weekend, which is really exciting because then I watch all these like insane things that I've been wanting to watch forever. Um, but Controlling Britney Spears came Ooh. out last night, an addendum to framing Britney Spears. They got her security team yes. to basically I heard about this. say, can you imagine the complete violation of privacy that they were reading through all of her texts. They basically had mirrored her iPhone. Oh. They signed in her thing to an iPad and they every text she sent, they bugged her bedroom. That's what I was going to say. That's they what I had bugged heard. her fucking bedroom. She, she is Honestly, almost 40 years you. old. Wow. And her daddy bugged her bedroom. I just... It's awful. Oh, it's, I mean, I, a violation no matter what. I don't want anybody looking at what I do on my phone. Oh, that is, God, no. I do private what I information. Do, and yeah. nobody needs to know That's this. Right. No. That's right. Nobody, especially, especially my dad. Yeah. And that a room full some... of strangers. Like, you know, like, because it's not just your dad. It's yeah. like, it's a whole team of people it, reading your you, most private. That you pay. That you fucking that you employ. Pay. Oh. Oh, I have nothing but, uh, but anger. Apparently... Awful. On uh, the 28th of this month, September 28th or September 29th, I forget which, mm-hmm. Netflix has a big one coming out called like Britney versus Spears. Oh, yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And her big court date is coming up the 29th. So, I mean, I've got my fingers crossed because I, I'm really glad we're finally having a conversation about this because I feel like. The culture has changed a lot in the past 13 years. Um, the conversation about um, about women and about what we do to women in the entertainment yeah. Oh, industry. Yeah. But more than that, it's really put a light on the whole process of conservatorships mm-hmm. yeah. and how um, uh, that other movie too with Rosamund Pike that I care a oh. lot. I'm just like, oh. how easy it is how to easy. just 
abuse and take advantage of vulnerable people is really, and I don't know much about this situation too, but it's making me want to look to see what's going on with Amanda Bynes. Oh yeah. She's still under conservatorship too. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Um, I was just listening to the newest episode of criminal, which was getting me just like white hot and furious today where it wasn't a conservatorship, but it was an older woman uh, whose fa- whose family owns like a bunch of stores in Ohio, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like that you stores. looked at me. You're like in Ohio. Yeah, yeah like you know. I mean, even though like both of you are here and you're both from Ohio, but you she was them, right? like in her 90s. She had inherited from her husband who had passed away 80 million dollars and had let allowed her. Um, two grandsons who were like financial advisors <gasps> to be her financial advisors oh, and no, them baby. along with their father, her son, like wiped her clean. Ju- I mean, tried to like just completely That's disgusting, it's horrifying. And it made me so angry. Like I yeah. just el- elder abuse and stuff like Awful. that. Cause then they started getting physical with her when <gasps> she started pushing back. It was oh, no. so upsetting i mean it's criminal so it's a fantastic episode i highly recommend going and listening to it but you know like that kind of thing just taking advantage of vulnerable populations is so well because we don't really have great safeguards in place in this country for vulnerable people you're looking at like the mental health crisis that Mm -hmm. we have right now because reagan completely eliminated any kind of mental health care Mm -hmm. in our country um drugs Yep. Drug abuse, that sort of thing, or what happens when you become elderly, like, or the fact uh, that like <laughs> a very large percentage of Americans are like one disaster or one right <laughs> lost yes. job away from one physically ill, yeah, just yeah. one one crisis away from bankruptcy, poverty, yeah, yeah poverty, like exactly. it's it's just a bad situation, yeah, Ooh, woof. But yeah, I'm 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 stoked. I'll I'll watch and support anything about Britney Spears. I'm worried about this being a further exploitation. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Is she making I mean? money off of this? That yeah. would make me. It does make me kind of feel like people are are exploiting her to make money off of her misfortune. And I mean, it's a story that needs to be told. Right. So there, it is a double edged sword where it's like we do we don't need to know what's going on with Britney Spears, but we do need to know what happens with conservatorships. We right. do need to be aware that this is something that can negatively impact someone's life. She just happens to be somebody who's very much high in the profile. public high profile, exactly mm-hmm. in the public eye. That makes it an easier story to tell. Right. Um, what and I if it can hope, happen to her, it could happen to yeah, anyone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. What I hope is that um, after this is all over and she's successfully out of the conservatorship and like living her own life, uh, that we leave leave Brittany alone after yeah. that. You yeah. know what I mean? I really do because I'm like, it, of course, she's always going to be the princess of pop. She's probably always going to be in the public eye to some degree. Sure. But I don't want to do what put her in this situation in the first place, which right. is just like a lot of concentrated attention, right. dissecting every little bit of her life. Or Because I imagine the step after this, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, what does Britney's life look like post-conservatorship? What is right. she blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's just going to continue on this thing about like fixating on her life, which is the last thing she needs. Like, right. I, I, I just hope, it seems like she's in, I mean, she's engaged yeah, to that guy that's now. Exciting. And it's yeah. like, 
from the little <laughs> snippets of interviews and everything like that that I've I've seen is that like she she does want to get married and yeah. have another baby and yeah. hopefully she Good be able her. to see her kids yeah. more on her yeah. terms, you know. I, the funniest thing I saw about the whole like when they got engaged is uh, the her dude face I don't remember his name he he was like he's like don't worry because everybody's like oh prenup 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 right yeah and he's like don't worry I'm definitely getting a prenup he's like I want to make sure that I uh, I might protect my 2016 Jeep Wrangler <laughs> and whatever like and his oh. shoes <laughs> something it was like something really like obscure like that. I was like that is yeah 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 great. Yeah, but seriously, girl, if you're listening, yeah, no, do, but she, do, they do, do are that. for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, lock it, lock it up. Yeah. She's had enough people dipping into her money. Uh-huh. The fact that she has sixty million dollars, which of course is a lot of money, but compare it to like J Lo, Taylor Swift, like other people that made money in that big era of big yep. music sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people that have four or five hundred million. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Britney had a fucking sold out. Two years in Vegas. Yeah. Residency. Where's that money? Successful tours. Where's that fucking money? And yeah. she's been working since she could walk. Yeah. Yes. Basically. Like she's been yes. working her whole life. It's. Yeah. yeah. I want to know where the Honey fuck deser- that money she, she is. She deserves to retire. She yes. has literally worked a full retirement's worth of, of living wages. Yep. She should be able to not work another fucking day in her life. Yeah. And if she doesn't want it. to. Yeah. She if, she does, if she doesn't want to, then I f- feel the same way. Girl, I mean, I also understand, like, if you want to have a career on your own terms, like, what if all this time she's been like, oh, I want to do all these things with my sure. with my career and my persona, in oh. which case, fucking well, go for it. she drops, I can't wait. like, a fucking duet with Radiohead or oh something. Oh, my God. God. You're like, right? What? Exactly. Listen, like, she's, like, she's like, I've been wanting to go singer-songwriter this whole time. Oh, and we're like, what is going on? <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but if not and she just wants to like you know live like live in a, a, a hut yeah in jamaica i get it girl more power to you please do it yeah. you want to go under the tuscan sun that shit yeah. oh my god <laughs> that's two episodes we brought up that movie <laughs> listen it, listen it's a great movie listen is it my dream to like just run away to Italy and I mean yeah I mean why wouldn't it be can we rewatch that soon because I feel like now <laughs> I want I, to should I have picked that for our tainted love movie now I, oh I my mean, gosh well, but that's not tainted that is it's, beautiful no. it's beautiful golden hour love yeah <laughs> golden, golden hour c'est <laughs> uh, magnifique yes well who should we fuck Mary kill this week so I've been sharing these TikToks with you guys recently of this woman who basically just goes through naming celebrities that she thinks would be able to like hit it, not just hit it, but like would be able to get her there. Oh yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. right? And so she's like going through a list of celebrities. I can't find her right now, but I will try and credit her later. But she's she's going through a list of celebrities, and her opinions are always fire. Spot on. Mm, Yeah. Right. She she really nailed it. Nails it. Nails it every time. And she's done this series several times. And so we started a chat thread about people who we thought would be (laughs) bad at it. Yeah. Who wouldn't be able to to get us there, who would not be good and bad. Right. And so often I feel like sometimes our our fuck Mary kills are pretty like we're like, yes, of course, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. What if you take three people? Mm hmm. Who are bad in bed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who, I've of got course, one. Dr. Uh, TJ Fossil. Of course. We want you to understand we don't actually know. Yeah. We don't know. This is all speculation. Yes. Yeah. But in my opinion, yeah. my pick would be 
Jimmy Fallon. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like it doesn't need to be explained, <laughs> but I will explain it. Go for it. Yeah. No, I completely agree with this. There is something about that man's personality mm-hmm. that I just, I feel like he's going to be telling jokes. I, I feel like he thinks he's good at it. He like, like make a fart noise or whatever. Oh, God, like, yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. He's gonna be like silly or whatever. But not in like a cute, fun no. way. Like in like a, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in this situation. How did I get to this point in my life kind of way? <laughs> yes. Like, you know what I mean? Where you're like laying next to him in bed and you're like, why? why How did this here? happen? And you know, I feel like when he was on SNL, I feel like it would be those vibes where yeah. it's just like, okay, it was the it was funny the first four times that you cracked up in yeah. a, in a yeah. sketch, but it's not funny anymore. Right. And I feel like that feeling like you're not trying is the feel yes that you're not good at your job yeah Yeah. that's how I feel so I just I feel like it's he's been able to skate by too a lot of skating a lot of skating a lot of roller skates a lot of I'm friends with Justin Timberlake and that's why I still have a job kind of kind of vibe yeah I did Um, go to the taping of his very first episode he was stressed out uh-oh. Seeing a stressed out Jimmy Fallon? Oh, no, that no, wasn't no. fun. Oh, no, 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 no. And Ooh. I also feel like he's going to be... Because I, f- I, I feel like sometimes when we talk about people who are bad in bed, they're bad in bed because they're not going to try. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jimmy Fallon is going to try yeah. in the worst way. Yeah. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to be one of those people that like Does somehow fingers you like really wrong. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> this isn't working. This isn't- While trying to do something else. Yes. Too, and you're just like, I, this <sighs> is a lot and I don't like it yeah. so that's gonna be my choice chafing I gotta go back through this thread I'm like I feel like we had some I, real good fire takes I am going you had a real name. fire take no I thought of somebody else okay I'm going with Vin Diesel ooh okay ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I see it <laughs> yeah I'm going with Vin Diesel um, just because you lift weights doesn't mean that you're uh, good at other things and I am convinced that uh He's just um, a jackhammer. Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't necessarily doesn't he has try. mean you're hot either. And this might be a hot That's take. Right. I don't know, but I never thought Vin Diesel was hot. No, when Vin Diesel was coming type. up, people were losing their minds yeah. about Vin Diesel. Like Triple X time, you remember oh, that? God, Everybody that was like losing awful. their minds about yeah. Vin Diesel. And I was always kind of like, I don't get, get it. it. Mm-hmm. Same. I don't get it. I don't think. See, that's the thing is, I don't think he's he's unattractive. Me neither. Like, it's, it's it's fine or whatever. It's just like the vibe I get from him is just like it's one wear of sunglasses just like, during. Yeah, just like too a little sunglasses too cool for school. During. You know where it just I yeah I don't I don't love it. And no. then you know I'd have to eat kale a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> It's a just, lot of chicken breasts. Yes. <laughs> so much chicken breasts. Only and wild rice. Yeah. Yes. You're never breasts. eating white rice again. No. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with Vin Diesel. How about you, Cass? I'm nervous. Oh. Uh-oh. I don't want to get us like taken off of iTunes. Okay. Uh-oh. But I have to go with Joe Rogan. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Dude. This is going to be the easiest this thing. This is going to be the easiest just, thing, but you're. I just. <laughs> you're not wrong. And he'd explain to you, if you didn't come, why it was your fault. Oh. <laughs> why or, you fucked up. Yeah, he did it. Oh, I'm sorry. He did it right. I'm sorry. You didn't come. I, I did everything right. Exactly. I don't know how you couldn't have come. Like, I honestly, 
I put in all the fucking effort. Oh, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I read a study that, yeah, that says women <laughs> oh, actually, do, when, when women don't come, it's not because of the man. It's actually yeah, because of the gonna women. Yeah, he's going to throw some yeah. faux science at yes. you yep. that yep. he read on fucking 4chan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely wow, fucking Wow, that is so funny. He's oh, the no. worst. <laughs> I don't care. Cassie, don't you apologize oh, for this? So nope. nervous, we're getting canceled. No, you know, actually, we're not. Apple's gonna love us because oh. Joe Rogan's podcast signed oh, an right. exclusive deal with Spotify. Well, Spotify. So, oh. so yeah. we're off of Spotify now. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, guys. It's all, right. oh, it's all good. <laughs> go, go to Castbox, anyways. Listen to us on Castbox. Um, yeah, this is actually really easy now. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. I don't. It's still. I mean, it's who I'm gonna kill is very easy. Oh. But it's a tricky one. Okay, I, I think I know. <laughs> oh my god, this is really hard. I actually, who am I going to marry? That's, that's, that's the, the question. hardest. That's the, that question. Is the question. That is the question. I uh, am not a silly comedy person. Yeah. I don't like silliness. <laughs> you know that I do. I do not like. I silliness. don't like like movies like airplane airplane Fletch. I know it's like hot. I don't take. like those either. I don't like no. I, hate I don't those. like physical comedy. I don't like silly comedy. I don't like Chevy Chase. What? I don't think he's funny. Yeah, I know. This well, is my own hot take. Yeah. I prefer like dry comedy or whatever. That's my sure. my. I don't like cup movies of tea. like Airplane either. They're not my jam. I, like, I loved Airplane. Um, <laughs> so. I actually think I actually think I'm going to Oh, even with that said, I'm still going to kill Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, no, there's no question there for me. I'm going to fuck Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Take it. Take it <laughs> where I'm going to take it. I don't know. Ugh. Um and then I I guess I'm going to marry Vin Diesel and Ooh. just eat that chicken breast and <laughs> broccoli. Watch a lot of really awful action movies. Yeah. I love action movies though. Yeah. 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 Ooh. It's uh, I don't feel good about any no. of my choices. <laughs> I hate my life. The problem is there's not a good choice to there's be made. There's no here. good choice. Mm. There's no good choice because here's the thing. Of course I'm going to murder. I murder. Wow. wow. <laughs> Damn. Heard it here first. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Start that subreddit now. <laughs> We're allegedly. On the oh no. <laughs> you can't say that. Um <laughs> oh, shit. I'm gonna K word <laughs> Joe Rogan. I gotta do it. Oh, I just gosh. you know, like he's my least favorite kind of person. Insufferable. Like I uh, he's right up there with Elon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um so for sure. Out out. Bye. The other two, this is tough. Yeah. This is actually very hard. And you know what it's coming down to? This is how bad you know it is. Because what it's coming down to for me in my brain (laughs) is which one's going to be away the most. (laughs) That's exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, who's going to be gone the most? Yeah, I'm like, who's away for work? The most, so I don't have to yeah. be I mean, in the it house. It seems you. like Jimmy Fallon. He works right? a lot. Yeah. Right. He, yeah. he works every day. Yeah. yeah. So, he, and he has to, like, I'm sure be at the studio kind mm-hmm. of early mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, I think I'm actually going to marry Jimmy Fallon for that reason. But, 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 okay. He work. He lives and works. So, That's you're going to have to see him every night Vin when Diesel's he comes home. He's going to be gone filming for months at a time. Correct. Yeah. On those yeah. Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. All so good. Hoo wee. Yeah. It's tricky. Oh, it's tricky. Um, I think I know. What you know what? I'm I'm gonna, and you know I like a, I like a guy who can make me laugh, but I'm gonna have to kill Jimmy Fallon. Mm. I'm gonna have to do it. Just you're, you're right. Kill- 
he's there all the time. You're gonna you're gonna kill Joe <laughs> yeah. Rogan and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> you change it to kill, kill, kill. No. <laughs> That's not how this works. Wow, this is really this is how bad it is for yeah. me. Um oh all right. And one night I will, stands. I will oh. <laughs> I will one night stand Jimmy Whiskey. Fallon. Just just say a couple no. shots. Down oh, the gullet. No, it's gonna be awful. <sighs> I just I really feel like it's gonna be so bad. Um but yeah, I'm gonna do that. And uh I'm gonna go ahead and marry Vin Diesel. I just I, I don't think it's going to be my best life, but I actually feel it's like... It's going to be your worst life, though, right? Yeah, I mean, and I have always said that, like, yeah. one once in my life, I would like to be in, like, really amazing shape. And I do feel oh, like Vin Diesel yeah. could, could, could fulfill that for me. Yeah. Like, you know... I could get a Peloton. Yeah, yeah. Well, we would have an amazing home gym. Yeah. Like, an amazing home gym. Okay, I'm feeling better about my life yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And he probably... Like, Jimmy Fallon lives in New York City, which I love New York. But I feel like Vin Diesel lives somewhere that has, like, a really nice yeah. big pool. Mm-hmm. Like, you I'm going to be able me. to... That yeah. was my thing. I was like, I want to be on the best coast. Yeah, yeah. And I can, like... I can have... Uh, I, I see myself... Have one of those like very luxurious yeah. robes yeah. sitting by the pool with a margarita oh, yeah. with yes. Vin Diesel yeah. um, while he's away time. filming. Right. right? Even when he's home, you got pool, you got, you know, you got, you're going to have a nice life. He Vin also Diesel's- seems like the type who might be, op- who might be open to opening up your marriage. Oh, true. So I'm kind of oh. like, <laughs> oh. and he also seems like something that knows a lot about tequila. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see yeah. him having very like expensive yeah. tequila. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I could actually spend more like, I feel like Vin Diesel is one that I could maybe like get to know and find things about him yes. that I like. Yes. yes. Right. Whereas exactly. like Jimmy That's Fallon exactly is what I was going to say. Going to annoy me the whole time. The whole time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, so, I don't so know. Kill, yeah. kill, Mary. Kill, kill, Mary. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, uh, my take my, is going to be different. Okay. I am, I as well, I'm going to marry Vin Diesel. And mm-hmm. I, I, for some of the reasons Jerry said, which were he's on the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, the you know year round, I'm gonna have better weather. Yeah, I, I like living in LA. I like the location. So for that reason alone, also too, I think there might be like we get to see surface gruff, mm-hmm. like his persona. Right. I don't. You know, we don't really get to see who he is. Maybe he reads. Maybe maybe he's a, a voracious reader, you know? and he's yeah. got a lot to talk about. Who knows? I maybe just feel like he's more of a mystery too. If yeah. we're talking about like there you go, all these people are being bad That's in right. bed. I feel like Vin Diesel would be the most amenable to yes. proving. That's agree. Absolutely, agree. You're so right. Yeah. Y- yes. You're so right. He's directable. Mm-hmm. This is where things are going to get off the rails. I am. Um, I'm. I'm furious already. I. <laughs> <sighs> There is just something about Jimmy Fallon that <laughs> I cannot, I cannot It'd be like imagine. fucking a Muppet. I can't, cannot yeah. one night. I cannot, <laughs> not even one night. I cannot. Oh my gosh. I, I literally. I know. There, I you cannot You can imagine. one night with Joe Rogan? I could. Oh. And here's why. Here's why. I feel like at least it'd be angry sex. Like mm. I, like I'm just like, you're not going to try but I don't really need you to because I get off easy and that's fine. And we're just going to fuck this out and go our separate ways. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't even have to be a whole night. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, you're like, you I know, got an hour 15 and a half. minutes in the bathroom of the comedy <laughs> store. And then call it a comedy store. Back God. <laughs> oh, disgusting. God. You're filthy. You're getting a yeast infection. You're getting a <laughs> just UTI. Even thinking about uh-uh. it. Oh, man. Just 
take a Z pack with you and <laughs> go yes. with God. Oh God! <laughs> Ew. It seems to be good. I'm just saying. I mean, like it's literally. I think I've come out of this being a real Vin Diesel fan at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that that's how bad the options were. Yeah. We were yeah. like, listen. Uh. Oh my goodness. Well, well that was awful. I do know we have a new patron. We do. To we shout do. out somebody that uh, is in Canada. Yes. So, so if you're listening and you have not received your shirt yet, just know that it is coming. We had to do a roundabout with the shirt because you're in Canada. Which is awesome. Which is amazing. Welcome. Yeah. I want to give a huge shout out to Emma Allard. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. We got your really lovely, sweet message, and we are so happy and grateful to have you as a listener. We want you to know, and we want all of our listeners to know, actually, that like you mean so much oh. to us. The fact that yeah. <laughs> that you listen every week and that you care enough um, to hang out with to us. To hang out with us is yeah. Amazing. Emma's actually the reason why I finally took a shower. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, I mean something. You're I like, better I deserve- wash my sweaty ass right now. <laughs> like, I deserve a shower. I deserve a shower. So I'm so grateful. Thank you for, for everyone that listens. If you do have a chance to like, rate, and review and all that stuff, I know we haven't asked for that in a while. We'd really appreciate yeah, it. It helps. It does. It helps so much. And we love you guys. So let's take five and we'll come back with stories. Sounds good. Yes. And we're back. All right. I will kick us off with stories. So our early site slash texting conversations were pretty normal until the day we planned to go out. She called me. I missed it. So it was a voicemail and left me a message. It was two minutes long, Ooh. which is a long message. Oh, no. But, uh, how many times did she record it too? Do you think she was like ran out of time? Were you recording? <laughs> <laughs> can you even run out of time anymore on like? Yeah. Can you? I think you can. It's been a while, but I have. And also, don't leave me a voicemail. True. Oh, I just. We haven't even just met te- yet. Just text me. Like in person. She <laughs> got my phone number. Text. Just text me. Yes. <laughs> did you see? I think it was Whitney Cummings tweeted where she's like, if. If I text you and you immediately call me because you know I have my phone in my hand, I will call. I will call the police. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. Please don't do it. Yeah. Um, after the normal beginning of the message, she started talking about how she really liked my pictures online. Then she said she wanted to send. Uh, then she said she wanted me to look at the pictures she texted me. I missed those too before the call. Then she said that if I felt like it, that I should feel free to take a picture right now <laughs> and send it to her. Frankly, I was a little weirded out, but I gave her the benefit of the doubt. I arrive at the place. Of course, she looks nothing like her pictures. At the time, I was too nice to just walk away, so I decided I needed to finish the date and move on. I sit down and order a Coke. It was already late and a school night, and I had just begun drinking at age 34. Don't ask. It's a long story. Okay. (laughs) Um, She looks at me disapprovingly and then says, no, go ahead and add a shot of Jack to that, oh. to the bartender. Uh, don't no, fuck no, with people's why? choices. You don't know. Around alcohol, exactly. drugs, anything like that. Oh you do God. you and don't fucking worry about anyone else's situation or relationship date, around that. It's a first date. It's fucking rude. It's so rude. I look at the bartender and kindly refuse. Oh, no, I'm okay. Thank you. She looks at me and jokingly, she's like, what? Are you too good for alcohol? Loosen up, man. Whoa. Okay. This could be so bad. Like, you don't know. Maybe this person is sober. Also, none of your fucking business. Also, none of your business. God. 
be like, uh, I, that's my least favorite look is like Ugh. why people, when they have drinks, feel uncomfortable with someone who isn't drinking. Yeah. That's a you problem. Yeah. That's, that's not that guy's problem. That's a problem you have with your own shit. Yeah. yeah. So deal with it and don't put right. it on someone You're else. You're feeling insecure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm so much more fun when you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. You are not confident in your personality with somebody who is sober. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, she repeats her request to the bartender to which I'm adamant politely again. Bartender has had enough of our shit and rolls her eyes as she goes and gets a Coke. It's at this point that I realize that my date is already three drinks in. She goes back to me and alcohol and keeps picking on me. Her attitude is like, what's wrong with you? You're not drinking. Are you uptight? I'm also noticing that she's calling me pet names like sweetie and honey. No. After reassuring her that I'd rather not start drinking that late on a school night, I try and change the subject. We got onto cars. <laughs> and with a completely straight face, she says, oh, I'm going to die in mine. Uh, oh. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Took a turn. <laughs> was not expecting that. I giggled politely, thinking <laughs> thinking maybe she was joking that her car was fast. No, I'm literally going to die sometime oh. when I'm 32. Oh. I'm morbidly fascinated and ask her to explain. She proceeds to tell me that it's because of a dream she keeps having. In her dream, she gets in a head-on collision with an 18-wheeler. She knows the place, time, and details. Mm -mm. It's like a bad Hollywood script, complete with bad dialogue. Tell my family I love them, paramedic. Tell them yourself because you're going to live. Oh, <laughs> what? my God. It's going <laughs> on. Oh, my God. I, I want to be the bartender <laughs> so bad Me right too. now. Like, I got the rag out just, and I'm like cleaning the glass I'm right there. I'm slicing lemons. Real clean, you know? <laughs> I ask her how she knew she dies in the dream. Apparently, she has an out-of-body experience in the hospital and knows she dies. I asked her why she bought the car in the first place knowing this. Her reply, I just didn't think about it. Uh, I think you think about it all the time is what I think. (laughs) Yes. I think it's all you think about. Yeah, you have a lifetime movie playing when you go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, my God. The whole time, in addition to calling me bad pet names, she's nervous, fidgety. I mean... (laughs) <laughs> this is a first date slash meetup, but it was uncomfortable because she was visibly not in her element. Every little joke, she would laugh uncontrollably. At this point, I'm looking for a moment to hit the eject button, but I'm trying to be nice. I'm looking around the bar and I think she senses this and suddenly she's like, hey, do you want to play some pool? This was the first sensical thing she had said all night. And Perfect. I reply, yes, enthusiastically. The bartender explains we can close at the bar and start a new one with the manager of the pool equipment or we can just keep it open. Our choice. Her. So should we close it here or bartender? Well, either you can close it right now or you can keep it open if you're going to drink more. Don't give her choices. Just pick one. Wait. So looking at me, what should I do? Keep it open or what are you saying? Should I pay or I'm confused? Oh my God. (laughs) I nearly facepalmed on the spot and just said, here, I'll take care of it. I paid the tab. We got the pool equipment to go play. In all fairness, she was about five or six drinks in, so the rest could probably be chalked up to being drunk. We start playing pool. I play maybe once a year. She starts bragging that her uncle is an amateur's champion or something and taught her how to play. (laughs) 
I end up beating her. Ooh. I beat her again. We start game three, and she looks at me and says, you're cheating, aren't you? Cheating? How the fuck you cheat at pool? How? Is there a magnet under the... <laughs> yes. like, you're like, I'm always stripes. Because they're magnetized. <laughs> Of course, she's joking, but she won't let it go. How are you doing it? You're totally hustling me. I'm stunned. At this point, I've realized the novelty of the situation, and I'm starting to actually get mildly offended by her seemingly purposeful awkwardness. My friend texts me. Normally, I never text slash talk on the phone on a date, but I wasn't worried about trying to save this sinking ship. My friend wanted to know how my date was going, and I sat there and texted back because I needed a breath of fresh air. She looks at me and says, oh, is that your girlfriend? You can tell her to stop texting. You're on a date with me. <gasps> oh, what? So naturally, I keep texting my friend every detail that was going on. I don't know what possessed me to keep playing. Maybe it was morbid curiosity to find out what she would say next. I was on my phone later and she asks again, what are you doing? Looking up more cheats so you can beat me? What would what? you Google? <laughs> what Pool. would you Google? Pool cheats. <laughs> wow. And then she starts, she gets down eye level with the pool balls and starts talking to them in (gasps) baby talk. (laughs) Oh, no. Stop doing what he's telling you to do. Do what I want you to do. Make me win, not him. Oh, that's gross. (laughs) I can't wait to play pool again with you guys. She made me take a sip of her beer just to prove I wasn't being uptight. It Uh, was Corona. I hate Corona, but she wouldn't take no for an answer. Ew. Finally, I was like, well, I've got to go. I've got to go to work tomorrow. And she took the hint. I walked her to her car and said, good night. Sarcastically, I said, drive safe. To which she <gasps> replied, oh, I don't die for another couple of years. It's all good. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> uh, that is some whole ass mess. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. my <laughs> God. Well, yeah. Five or six drinks in. Oof. Uh, I mean, that, I feel like that's outside of the good at pool also, window, you know, like a couple drinks. Six drinks in. Should she really be driving anywhere? That's exactly. very true. Ooh. Yikes on bikes. Okay. My story is also from Reddit. Um, This guy says, I'm feeling kind of down right now because I'm sitting in a coffee shop after a bad first date. Oh, so I'm kind of new to dating. But at the same time, I really am not. I didn't really date a lot, but I had been in a two-year relationship since I found a guy I liked pretty early on into my dating period. Well, that crashed and burned horribly. In the spirit of a comment to a post I made a few days earlier, I decided to try dating again. Due to the pandemic, online dating made the most sense. Does it, though? I mean, it does. Yeah, (laughs) it does. I mean, like, what, are you going to go to the bar? Yeah. Yeah. I found slash took some really nice photos of myself, downloaded Tinder, and just decided to be my most authentic self. After a few hours, I matched with this attractive guy who messaged me shortly. I could see he was super interested in me since he asked so many questions and would reply within a relatively short time of receiving the answer. It turned out we have so much in common, from the same sense of humor to fancy pigeon breeding. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh. You can't just throw that That's out there and not very, elaborate. That is it's very specific. I think you've met your person. Yeah, <laughs> we're done here. You're not going to find it. No. That's, that is very specific. Fancy pigeon breeding. Unless you were on like 
fancy (laughs) pigeon breeding match.com. Birds.com. Birds, birds, birds. He thought I was the funniest person that he ever did talk to and really wanted to add me on Insta. He works in the medical field, and that's a big plus for me because I have a soft spot for people in that field of work. So we texted for two days, and then I just asked him out since my internship requires me to be away from home for two weeks every other week. And I was going on that said two-week work trip soon, which he's right, dude. Tinder, you have a life cycle of yeah. like meeting up. Otherwise, the match Either just dies Either do it out. or don't do yeah. it, right? He said it was a little bit early to meet up, but he's up for it since he also thought uh, it would be too long to go three weeks without meeting. I hadn't gone on a date for about a year and a half, so I was super stoked. I even got my fancy pigeon dress shirt out. Oh, sweet baby. Sweet angel. We set up the time and place at the coffee shop, and we continued to text constantly that whole day from the time we set up the date right up until the time we met up. You're so excited. The time came. I came 10 minutes early because of etiquette. I was excited to see him, and well... I could see he was not. His face shrank when he saw me. He had this questioning look on his face. The conversation went like this. Him. I didn't know you were that short. (gasps) Oh, no. Me. Excuse me? Oh, I'm sorry, but you look so much taller in your pictures. (laughs) I'm sorry? No need to apologize. I was just expecting something different. Me. Well, I... I really don't know how to respond to that. My height is listed on my profile and there's quite literally a whole Instagram worth of photos on there. I personally thought that the tone of his voice signaled annoyance slash anger. No, that's rude. I'm sorry. It is like we've talked many times on this podcast about being honest and upfront and I do think that that's important, but there is a kind way to do it and that's not the way. Yeah, to just be get that look of visible like... Nah. And it's something that, again, people cannot help. Like, right. you can't help how tall you are. Like, that is such a shitty thing to make somebody feel bad about. And and they weren't being deliberately de- deceptive either. Right. So, yeah. I always put my height on my fucking yeah. shit because, uh, you know, dude pretty much ba- did the same thing for me for being too tall. So... Yeah, fuck it. Um, After that, I tried to make conversation, but I just saw that the dude lost all interest in me. Then he made a half-hearted excuse about needing to prepare for his job tomorrow and just left. The whole date lasted maybe 10 minutes. You do not want to be with somebody who is that shallow. I'm sorry. Like, to not even give you a chance as a human being because of something as like arbitrary as your height is mm. so stupid. To yeah. Me. Like you can have preferences. I'm not saying that you can't have preferences. Uh, you know, that's totally fine. I'm just saying to completely dismiss someone out of hand, someone who you had chemistry with because of something like that. And again, yeah. something that they weren't being deceptive about yeah. is gross. And listen, he says he's five, nine. And the dude was six one, so you're not uh, talking about yeah. an enormous difference either. No, it's, yeah. So yeah, he goes on to call his friend, and and which is a really great like at least you have like a friend to, to cheer you up. But that just makes me think oh, of just so that bummy. that moment where you're like so excited yeah. to meet somebody after texting and having good chemistry, and then it's. That and, is and awful. the thing is, you can meet someone and say like, oh, you know, actually, I don't know that this is going to work out like just because it's not my preference or whatever. But to not even be able to have a, a, a good 
meal or like yeah. uh, not be able to just like talk to them as another like person you who maybe you could like are into fancy fucking pigeon pigeons breeze. you're not Listen. gonna find you anyone can't else fucking have a cup of coffee Stop. and be a decent human talk about yeah. some pigeons yeah rude i, I mean it. you could at least make a friend out of this exactly, exactly. Like, i just don't that's the thing i'm just like saying. anyone who's rude like that yeah. is like i don't know you dodged a bullet with someone like yeah. that because mm-hmm. that's gross to me well speaking of shallow house here we go <laughs> <clears throat> This didn't happen to me, but happened sometime back. I was a waiter at a high-end restaurant. It was a special occasion place for most ordinary folk. We had a few regulars where money wasn't an issue, but a table for two for dinner would normally be around 150 pounds. One night while on shift, a guy arrived and told me that he had a reservation for two and that he was meeting a first date with a girl he really liked. He seemed really kind. He sat for an hour at the bar, had a couple of drinks for Dutch courage, I guess, because coming to me, uh, oh, I guess before coming to me and asking to get his coat as he thinks he got stood up. Just then, this woman arrives and she's just one of the most undignified and rude people I have ever encountered. Oh, no apology, no nothing. I could tell just by her body language that this was just one of those people. Oh, oh no. <laughs> she proceeded to order the most expensive champagne cocktail while looking at the menu. It, uh, it took them a while to, uh, or I took them to the table and asked whether they were ready to order. They weren't quite there yet. And she wanted the wine list. And the kind man said, I'll let the lovely lady choose while I go to the bathroom. He left and he, she went straight for the fine Bordeaux and selected a six or I'm sorry, 965 du- pound bottle of wine. No, oh my God. I, I kid I not. not fucking oh imagine. my God. Imagine nine hundred and sixty-five pound. Bottle. Oh my god! I like my stomach flipped. Gross! I could not. I Any, could never. Anyhow, the cellar is in the same direction of the bathrooms, so I conveniently hovered around with the Petrus red wine until the nice man came out of the bathroom, and I explained that the wine that was chosen and subtly, subtly dropped in the price. And I watched his face drain of color. A thousand, like a thousand dollars. Bottle of wine. For a bottle of wine. A bottle of wine. Oh, stop. I could tell that he was uncomfortable, but I suggested a wine around 30 pounds, which he w- which he accepted uh, as more suited. When I presented the wine, decanted to the table, I made a big show and said, Madame, the 1980-ish I forget the year. Petrus, would you like to try? She, of course, accepted and did so with this attitude. Of course, she said the wine was delicious. Oh, she didn't, yeah, exactly. She didn't know. She, she didn't went know. to the most expensive thing on the menu, yep. assuming that it was the best thing on That's the menu. Right. And only me and him knew that the bottle was actually a 30-pound bottle of wine. When I took the payment for the bill, there was a definitely bro code eye contact. <laughs> Do not show her this. <laughs> and a certain smugness. She still had the attitude of some princess. I do hope that he banged her before he told her. And I hope he got someone who is kind and respectful to service staff and the person they were supposed to be dating. That's Ugh, that's so gross. awful. Now, somebody that I have tasted like expensive wine, never like Not wine like that. A thousand dollar bottle of wine. Listen, right? 
I'm going to be honest with you. I may not have the most refined palate, but I guarantee you 99% of people would not be able to tell the difference between a $30 bottle of wine and a $100 bottle that, of wine. Here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Let I've had a thousand dollar bottle of wine. If the fact that she didn't notice no, that it, it means was a 30, that she's not she a sommelier. Does not, honey, yeah. No. Like you I would know. I feel like the only difference that I've ever noticed between an expensive bottle of wine and a cheap bottle of wine is the hangover. Right. That is the only difference I've ever noticed. Like flavor wise, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Wine is good. (laughs) Wine is good. Yeah. (laughs) The end. The end. End of. But yeah, there's um, this thing and I think it's on Hulu. It's like some kind of scam show and you know i like a good scam Mm -hmm. but there was a guy that was basically like he sold uh one of the coke brothers like a bunch of fake expensive wine and it's (laughs) this whole saga of like he basically like scammed the whole wine world damn like bunches of people like paying millions of dollars for these quote-unquote fancy wine bottles and it's uh, yeah just goes to show you man just because something is more expensive doesn't mean it's better like Mm. it's fine it's fine stop okay (laughs) (laughs) i am interested in this documentary though no no i'm gonna have to look it up so i'm very excited okay because you've known for a while i have known i have known because i knew that i was going to be doing the tainted love for the first week of october Spooky. spooky season which is my favorite yeah. i love spooky season and this story i had heard initially on lore it was one of the first like handful of lore episodes and oh no no I, okay um <laughs> and you're just so excited i was like what when I first listened to that episode uh and so I knew that it would be perfect for an October tainted love so I got love it some of my information from that episode also irishtimes.com irishpost.com and a mental floss episode I think Christina knows what I'm doing this is so exciting okay (laughs) (laughs) so Bridget Boland was born around 1869 in Ballyvadlia County Tipperary, Ireland, which was a very small community of only a couple dozen people and like a handful of homes, like oh very small. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, like 40 people. Very oh, small. Wow. Um, when she was about 18 years old, she met and married Michael Cleary, who was a local man who worked as a cooper, which is somebody who crafts wooden casts or um, barrels. Mm-hmm. The couple moved into a home with Bridget's father, Patrick Boland. And the cottage they moved into had been given to Patrick after the previous tenants moved out because the land had been built near a fairy ring, which was actually just a low earthen ring that we now know is the remnants of an old like medieval fort. But the um, locals at this time believed that these rings were portals to another realm. And the previous occupants of the cottage reported that there were strange things happening around the house um, and on the land. And so they got the fuck out of there and it was instead given to Bridget's father. So the way that this worked was that like the people who kind of like ran this town um, in order to avoid, like there was a lot of like, um, a po- poverty kind of like in the area. So sure. they had these old cottages that were built on these lands that they basically gave to laborers or retired laborers. Mm-hmm. So her father was a retired laborer. So it's essentially like the um, old timey version of like public housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, 
because I, I, I do know this story. It always makes me think of whenever I hear things like that, like the superstition of the, mm-hmm. the fairy the circles fairy rings, yeah. and, and what they what they actually were. Yeah. Makes me think of the the people that that built their homes out of pieces of Roman aqueducts. Yeah. Which like even 80 years after the fall of the Roman Empire, they thought that gods must have lived there. Isn't that wild? Because all that knowledge had been forgotten mm-hmm. yeah. in that wild. time. And yeah. that just makes it's it... It's so wild because it's not at all the way things are now, you know, but that's... It's not that long ago, right? You'd think that somebody would have remembered yeah. told that story. Yeah, going pass this down. down. Right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the early years of their marriage, Bridget worked as a dressmaker's apprentice, but she was mostly a traditional stay-at-home wife. And though the couple never had any children, they were regarded early on as relatively happy. And they were said that they they never fought, at least not publicly, that anyone ever saw. Mm-hmm. Though Michael's business as a cooper did well, um, as time went on, Bridget began, began to be... She just really wanted her independence. And so she began to um, keep her own flock of chickens and started selling eggs to neighbors. She obtained her own Singer sewing machine, which at the time was Uh, just state of the art. Yeah. Right. Uh, And so she began making dresses of her own and hats for the local women. And she was a businesswoman. Right. She began pulling in more money than her husband, which was very unusual at the time. So she was also said to be clever and flirtatious. She took pride in not being dependent on her husband. And then rumors began to swirl around town that maybe she was having an affair with another man. Oh, yeah, down, you can't be that down bold. The way. Yeah, not in a town this small no, either. No, God forbid. Yeah. And as you can imagine, the neighbors talked. Her husband was not feeling fantastic about this entire situation. On March 4th, 1895, Bridget had an egg order that she needed to fill to the house of her father's elderly cousin, Jack Dunn. So the distance was short enough that she decided to walk and she chose to take a shortcut that led her through the fairy fort. No. So don't go through the fairy (laughs) fort. Yeah. And that's what Michael said. Her husband was like, listen, you got to stay away from fairy rings. What is you doing? Mm -hmm. But Bridget was like... (laughs) chill you know what i mean like i heard that they were just old forts yeah actually (laughs) yeah um, this story is actually the worst season of outlander (laughs) 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 so during the journey the weather turned cold and wet and by the time bridget got home she was shivering and by that evening she had taken ill with a fever and chills and was bedridden So when Jack Dunn came by the house um, later that night, Bridget was still sick in bed and he took one look at her and told Michael, that's not Bridget. Okay. Oh, no. So we're going to pause here and we're going to talk a little bit about Irish folklore. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about changelings. So changelings were said to be fairies that were left in the place of a human being, usually a child. The person would be taken for one of three reasons, either to act as a servant for the fairies to receive the love of a human, again, usually a human child, or for malice or revenge. The changelings would look on the outside to be the human that was taken, but would often be sickly or ill-tempered in some way. So if a child was born with a deformity or was born handicapped, it was a common belief that it was not the child at all, but actually a changeling replacement, fairy replacement. So for adult changelings, the symptoms were generally less about 
physical differences and more about psychological changes. So signs of an adult changeling included mood swings, becoming argumentative or combative, or losing interest in friends and family. We just talked about uh, what depression does to a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So changelings were also said to be an ill omen and bringers of bad fortune that would drain families of their money and resources. And so because of this, the child or changeling was seen as a burden that needed to be driven out. So if the changeling was successfully driven out, the kidnapped child or adult would return unharmed to the family. So some of the ways that you could drive out a changeling would be to hold the suspected person over a fire. Ah, yes. Or to make them drink a tea made out of the poisoned foxglove. In this case, it was said that the person would expel the toxin via vomiting or diarrhea, and the fairy would be driven out and forced to return to the fairy realm. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh So there are many stories that end in tragedy. Uh, I won't go into all of them, but... For instance, one time when a woman was trying to drive out a changeling in 1920, she was caring for a, or 1920, whoa, 1820, she was caring for a four-year-old boy who could not use his limbs, and so she became convinced that the boy was a changeling, and she bathed him in icy water, leaving him until he eventually drowned, and she used the changeling defense on the stand and was acquitted. And there were many instances of things like this. And it was usually children or women in general. Um, yeah. So this continued throughout the 1800s with many people dying as a result of fairy exorcisms. Or the 1800s. Yes. 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 Not that long ago. No. no, no That's no. what's so bananas about yes. that We're not story. talking 1500s. No. no. You'd think we were. No, I mean, and it's like some of these stories are like, brutal like it's insane and then like other ones are maybe less actually brutal like because like one of the ways to drive out a fairy is to hold them over fire so you're talking about holding children over fires and things like that and so some are less like that but there are other stories many other stories of leaving uh an infant alone and walking away like can't do that um, because you're you expect the fairies to come get the infant and return yours or whatever but it's really interesting you find like a lot of stuff like this even even later than you think with small isolated tribes Mm -hmm. or like towns where they don't have a lot of interaction with cities that's what they yeah. yeah that where they just like bubble in and create this mythology or expand upon an existing mythology to make it their own, and it's so creepy. Yeah, I mean, and it was interesting when I was doing the prep for this episode, reading some of the articles. I read an article on changelings, or, or you know, whatever, and it was interesting to hear them talk about how it started. You know, there's the folklore that exists already, and then in times of extreme poverty, like maybe during famines or during the Middle Ages, when you would have a child that's difficult to care for and you could create this folklore about how changelings, um, you know, zap all your resources and stuff like that. And then it would make you feel less guilty Mm -hmm. about disposing of your child because it's not a child. It's not your fault. To you. Yeah, it's the fairies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to blame the fairies. Dude, all of my family that comes from Ireland is from Tipperary. Not this specific small town, but right. Tipperary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've been looking through county parish 
marriage records mm-hmm. and stuff. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and there are a few stories about kind of like spooky folklore things in Tipperary specifically. Uh-huh. It is interesting. Okay. So as times as time went on, the superstitions around changelings in rural Ireland only grew. So it, it, it didn't go anywhere, yeah, these beliefs, right? Great. So when Jack Dunn, who was an eccentric man rumored to have the power of divination and to be well-versed in fairy mythology, Aww. arrived to check on Bridget in March of 1895, again, it's not that long ago, really. Like, Yeah, yeah the car is already I was here. just going to say, we got cars yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and saw that she was ill in bed, he proclaimed immediately that this was not Bridget Cleary, but a changeling that was left in her place. Oh. So initially, Michael didn't and believe... She's, all, she's got flu, yo. She's like, I'm just feeling a little under the weather, okay? Yeah. <laughs> just don't feel good. Yeah. All. So Michael initially didn't believe Jack and sent him home. But when Bridget was still sick five days later, her, pat- her father, Patrick, walked the five miles in the rain to the nearest doctor to request his services. When he didn't arrive two days later, Michael made the walk. And then two more days passed and the doctor still hadn't arrived and Bridget was still sick. So Michael went to the local health authority and got a summons that would require the doctor to attend to his sick wife. Right? What the you fuck, have dude? to go check on her. But while he was out delivering the summons, the doctor showed up to the house unexpectedly. So Michael wasn't home. Um, The doctor showed up. He did a checkup on Bridget. By this time, she was gravely ill. And though he prescribed her medicine for what he suspected was bronchitis, he also advised that they call a priest to administer last rites because they're like, look, we're going to throw this thing against the wall, but she is not looking good. Okay. So by the following day... um, and I say that only because they did have the priest come administer the last rites. And I do think that that probably put Michael and her her father in a mindset about yeah. like, okay, this she's their last resort. Yeah, she's going to die. Right. So by the following day, friends and family had gathered at the Clary home. By this time, rumors had spread um, initially by Jack Dunn and it had begun to swirl around the village that Bridget had been taken by the fairies and the sickly creature in the bed was a changeling. So Michael had also started to believe that the woman in his home was, quote, too fine, his words, too fine, girl, uh, to be his wife. Okay. And that she was two inches taller than the woman he had known. Um. So he became convinced um, that the woman in his home was an imposter. So 10 days after she initially got sick on March 14th, uh, Michael sent for a fairy doctor named Dennis Ganey, who provided him with fairy medicine in the form of herbs. Oh, he no. instructed him that the herbs needed to be boiled in new milk, which is the first milk produced after a cow's given birth to Bridget. Yet women were burned at the stake for witchcraft. Okay. Well, (laughs) what's funny is that my family from Tipperary actually crossed way before this in the late 1700s over to the New World in Massachusetts, in Salem, and in Fall River. Mm -hmm. Dude, those those kind of like things like kind of morph and Mm -hmm. the witches Mm -hmm. and stuff and fairies, the superstitions. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see them. Yeah. So they presented this to Bridget and Bridget was like, look, I'm sick, but no, 
Like she was like, mm, I'm not drinking that boiled herby milk. No, yeah, thank you. No, she's like, I'm not. <laughs> Don't feel I'm not good. drinking that. I have lactose intolerance. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, <laughs> and like she feels like shit. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're mm, sick, there's milk. like so few things that you want to consume anyway. Milk is a bit. <laughs> it's like herby milk, especially if milk. it really was like yeah. bronchitis. That can like actually a turn sore into throat. Oh, oh, no, actually, God. milk has a lot of. Uh, carries the streptococcus virus so it can actually give you strep throat if you get strep throat Ugh. Ugh. so she refused to take these Smart. herbs and when she did though three male cousins <gasps> held her down and Nike and michael held a hot poker to her face until she complied i'm gonna go ahead and give a trigger warning for the rest of the story yep uh, yeah shit gets worse when bridget still didn't get better they called dennis gainey the fairy doctor into the home to assist so his methods were rough to say the least he instructed that michael slap bridget while he her father and other members of bridget's family held her close to an open fire while her husband demanded that she state before god and family that she was in fact bridget cleary and not a changeling fairy michael threw urine on her (gasps) And shook her, yelling, away with you, and come home, Bridget. Though Bridget stated over and over again that she was Bridget Cleary, the gathered crowd didn't believe her. So Jack Dunn and Michael picked Bridget up into a sitting position and held her over the kitchen fire. They continued to ask her to identify herself, and eventually she said, I am Bridget Boland, daughter of Pat Boland, in the name of God. And by midnight... Relatives said that Bridget looked wild and deranged. You think? You're of course she would. Oh, you think? <laughs> but and you're sick too. I'm thinking about this all through the lens of like you have bronchitis. <laughs> like you oh, have and people fever. are fucking with you, like smacking you, holding throwing you over the fire, throwing piss on you. Oh, no, I'm fucking wild and deranged right now. Just yeah, thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Yeah. So, but by midnight, Michael seemed to be satisfied and the ritual seemed to be completed. So the following morning, Michael called a priest in uh, to come say mass in Bridget's bedroom in order to banish the evil spirits that were left in the house. So that morning, Bridget got out of bed and dressed in her usual fashionable clothes because she made her own dresses. So even though she lived in a very rural community, her dresses were always very like elaborate high fashion kind of dresses and she she put on her usual fashionable clothes her cousin joanna who had come by the night before to check on bridget would later tell magistrates that she dressed this way to quote give her courage when she would go among the people because this was a small village and there had been 10 people in and out throughout the day of what she had gone through the day before so she's basically like i'm gonna save face yeah i need to pull my stuff together right? right yeah um, everything seemed fine or as fine as it could be yeah. given She's the like, situation. You guys, it worked. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the also, bronchitis, but that worked. It yeah. seemed like maybe she was doing a little bit better because she had been medicated. Like the doctor came and gave her some like, antibiotics, yeah. you know? Um, but later in the morning, Bridget asked for some milk to go with her tea. And at this, Michael lost it because fairies are known in folklore to yearn for fresh milk. And so Michael became convinced once again that this was a fairy witch in his house. Oh my goodness. So Bridget was exhausted by this point, right? Who wouldn't be? So she told Michael, whose mother had died when he was a small child, that, quote, 
Your mother used to go with the fairies, and that's why you think I'm going with them. He lost his shit. Don't say shit about his mom. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you keep my mom's name out of your mouth. Yes. He lost his mind. He flew into a rage. And by this point, there were other relatives who had come over to check on Bridget and to have tea with them. Um, And they were like, we'd like to go now, please. Mm -hmm. And Michael screamed at them that no one was leaving until he got his wife back. So he locked the door and he put the key in his pocket. He prepared three pieces of bread and jam and demanded that Bridget eat them. She ate the first two, and when she hesitated on the third, her husband threw her to the ground and threatened her, if you won't take it, down you will go. So he jabbed... I feel like down I'm going. I feel like I'm down. Already. No. He jabbed his knee into her chest and forced the last piece of bread and jam down her throat. Then he stripped her down to her underwear, hit her head against the floor, grabbed a paraffin lamp, dumped the oil over her, and lit her clothing on fire with a hot poker. So she immediately went up in flames. And as he watched her burn, Michael said, it is not my wife. I am not going to keep an old witch in place of my wife, so I must get back my wife. It is not Bridget I am burning. You will soon see her go up the chimney. Oh, my goodness. Joanna later testified that the house was full of smoke and smell and, quote, when I looked down to the kitchen, I saw the remains of Bridget Cleary on the floor lying on a sheet. She was 26 years old. 26! Michael then left the house, locking Bridget's relatives inside with the burned corpse. They waited there for an hour. I want to go home. Yeah, can (laughs) Can I I go home? I just came for tea. I I, I thought there would be tea. I didn't know. I didn't know I was signing up for this. Uh, So they waited there for an hour before Michael returned with a knife that he used to threaten Bridget's cousin, Patrick Kennedy, if he didn't help him bury Bridget's body. So Michael had dug a shallow grave. That's what he'd been doing for the last hour. And um, it was a quarter of a mile from the cottage. And the two men carried Bridget's body out. And then they made the rest of the family, or he made the rest of the family swear that they wouldn't tell authorities what had happened. Honey. Yeah. You think a town of 40 people ain't going to know that they're now 39? Suspish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can look and count and see <laughs> what we, <laughs> I feel like we're missing somebody. I feel like we're missing somebody. Go touch heads. Like it's you did in elementary one, school. And you're like, <laughs> duck, duck. no, we're missing goose. No. So the following morning, Michael arrived at the local church in hysterics. He was crying, tearing uh, at his hair and asking the priest if he could go to confession. <laughs> the priest was like, I feel like you are not in a good state, my man, mm. um, and told him that he wasn't fit to receive the sacrament and sent him away. <laughs> He's like, you come back when you're more clear headed. Uh, so later, Jack Dunn, who had not been present when Bridget was burned, would tell the priest that Michael had claimed to have burned his wife to death the day before and that he was trying to convince him to bring Bridget's body to the church to give her a Christian burial. So at this point, the the, the priest is like, I, I, there's I would some, like to not be part of this. There's some real suspicious stuff going on here. So he was like, I don't know if I believe you because you both seem out of your goddamn mind. Talking about fairies and shit. Right. He's yeah. like, but I'm going to go tell the authorities but anyway. He's like, uh, so he, he decided to go to the authorities anyway. They questioned her friends and relatives for days and searched for Bridget for days. Michael spoke 
uh, to those around him about possibly fleeing to escape capture, but said that he couldn't because he needed to wait for Bridget to return to him because it was a changeling. So his I, wife has to come back to him. This works. So for three consecutive nights, he waited at the ring fort for Bridget. Um, she's, no. with, she's with that hot guy. On yeah. the Outlander. Yeah, for real. Jamie. I'm hoping. Yeah. Jamie. Ooh. Um, so he he waited at the ring fort, the one that Bridget had cut through whenever she was delivering eggs and got sick that day. He waited there for three consecutive nights, believing that she would reappear to him galloping on a white horse, which is what the legends would, would say. That they would return on a white horse. No. On March 20th, my birthday, <laughs> arrest warrants were issued for Michael, Dennis Ganey, and eight people from Bridget's circle who had been in and out of the house on the days of her exorcism. Two days later, they found her body charred and curled in the fetal position with her arms wrapped around her knees. Her face, which had remained unburned, was covered in a sack, and the only clothing left on her body was a pair of stockings. Everything else had burned away. The case was widely covered, reaching London and even America. The English papers treated it as fodder for reinforcing the idea of barbarism in rural Ireland. Yeah. They were like, oh, those Irish, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I, never mind. I was going to say something, but I'll, I'll keep that to myself. You're when, like, I'm going to keep that hot take real very <laughs> Bury that down. Um, when the prisoners were brought before the magistrates on March 25th, they were ushered in by the screams of an angry mob. Like, people traveled in for this. This was, like, old school. Like, for something in this time to make it, like, make national yes, news. Basically. Like, now we have worldwide. Like, yeah. They're like, that's what I meant. Yeah, global news. It was like Morse coded over to the States. They were like, hey. On July 5th, 1895, Michael was found guilty of manslaughter and imprisoned along with Jack Dunn, Patrick Boland, and four of Bridget's cousins, including Patrick Kennedy. Wait, Jack Dunn wasn't even there. No, but he was there during the pre-stuff. But day before. I mean... Oh, no, you hold a woman over a hot fire. You got to get oh, this something. This is true. This is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot he was there for that part. You're yes. right. You're right. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Right. Um, I'm like, he's just the one who said he suspected it. Yeah, but you're right. Like, I forgot I about that. Throughout the idea. Yeah. Uh, the judge ruled out a verdict of murder because he believed that they all had acted out of genuine belief. Now, I actually agree yeah. with that. That's hard. To, that's a tough. That's tough. Well, it's the same thing I was talking about with that murder documentary, the guy that has multiple personalities or whatever. And just like, mm, if you believe in it, is it, are you culpable if another personality like committed the crimes and you don't know that personality? So do we only put one of the personalities in prison? Yeah, the truth. No, you put the the whole the whole person, the, the personality, the body that in, that holds that personality. Yeah, I'm sorry, I to. can't. Like, you I can't I don't risk. know. This is 1895, so well, maybe, but like in general, that wouldn't hold up at all today. No. Like, you can't be in a no, cult and be like, "This is what our cults believe," right? Right? And well, like, because there's access to information now. That's the difference. I mean, back then, these communities were so separated from. And but does it make a difference? Okay, you act out of genuine belief. Understood. However, that genuine belief, what's to say that you're going to get out of prison and not still adhere to that belief? This could happen again. Sure. Mm. You know, like it's right. not like it couldn't. Like 
belief is incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, I'm like, I don't know. Manslaughter seems like not enough seems for burning light. your wife to death. Seems light. And torturing her for like two days. Uh, Michael was released in 1910, after which he boarded a ship for Montreal. Oh, goody. Dunn, Jack Dunn, served a three-year prison sentence before returning to the area where he kept working as a laborer. Bold. <laughs> Just move back into He's town. Like, this is fine. And you guys know this is fine, right? <laughs> Bridget's story is said to be that of the last witch burned alive in Ireland. And many speculate that it was her free thinking, independent, modern spirit that allowed people to so quickly believe that she was a changeling. There was obviously something wrong with an ambitious, child free woman who refused to conform to the patriarchal norms of her real community. <laughs> I this mean, was me going off script. Yes. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to see that though because she lived that way for a really long time, and it was, it was just during one small trip. So she was already living that life. She was already being this bold woman yeah, but for look quite how, some time. Look how quickly they were. They jumped to the conclusion that she had to be a changeling. Like I feel I like know, I guess I wonder like how her personality changed from that bold personality to being like sick. Like, yeah, now she's, she's not bold. She's this isn't my well, bold I mean, wife. That's kind of what presents. So when you're saying like she, he acted out of genuine belief and that's why he got manslaughter. There is also another school of thought that this is something that he just wanted to do. He felt oh, emasculated by okay. his wife mm-hmm. who like was making more money, making more than, money him. than him, didn't need him um, and was rumored to be having an affair with somebody else oh, and that okay. this well, you forgot about that affair you gotta bring that shit in <laughs> you tell me about that and that you know not only not only him but also like a, a lot of these people who were doing this were her cousins other male relatives men in the community sure and that it was maybe they wouldn't have done it but they had an excuse to kind of like yeah. stamp out this you know bold independent independent free thinking woman yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and who's to say if that's why but yeah in in the history of witches sure it's listen you you could be called a witch for fucking anything yeah like Mm -hmm. just because you run your mouth you're a witch oh you have an (laughs) opinion witch yes exactly (laughs) exactly so today in tipperary her story hasn't been forgotten there's a local nursery rhyme that has endured and it runs are you a witch or are you a fairy or are you the wife of michael clary oh damn michael clary got had in that shit got got um, so yeah, that is the story of Bridget Clary. Welcome what, to Spooky wow. Season. What a great way to bring in October. <laughs> yes. I remember no that pressure. From, from lore. Yes. And then when you started, ta- I was like, oh my God, if it's this story. It's I'm the best like, one. It is. It really is. The episode is called Black Stockings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to listen to that episode, I think they just remastered it even because they're re-releasing some of their original episodes kind of like remastered. Um, so go go listen to oh, that one. You set the bar for spooky. Dude, season. I know. I'm scared. Like, what, I, what the fuck am I going to do next? Oh, oh I gotta find we got to good pirate ghost story or some shit. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I used my pirate ghost one too yeah. early this year. <laughs> you done did Had it. Had to be done. Ooh. Uh, what are you watching? Um, well, I watched that, um, the 24 faces of, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. what's his face? I do want to watch that. Um, I will say it started strong and ended a little bit 
bit weak, but it's still very interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. I have always been a little bit poo poo about the whole multiple personality. Mm-hmm. I have a great book thing. for you then. Because, and I think part of it is my whole like walk it off Sure. Uh, mentality Mid- midwestern mentality yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we, the guy is from columbus ohio so they were like i'm um, sorry sir you're gonna have to walk this off <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna give you no. any no. any mental no health care but um but yeah i i still i still really don't know what i believe in regards to his certain case sure. even after watching the whole thing but i i did think it was it was it was pretty interesting yeah um yeah the whole idea of disassociative disorder is very fascinating to me i actually when i told you i have a good there is a really great book it's called my life in plural can't remember the author's name but it's his first hand account of having at the time was called multiple personality disorder yeah it's fucking fascinating it makes sense very to me that like if you have such a traumatic Mm -hmm. thing happen to you super early like it makes sense however any knowledge that I have about it has always been like criminals trying to use it mm-hmm. to get out of things. Sure. So I probably just don't have, like you said, point. a reference point with somebody that has legitimately dealt with the disease. Yeah, dealt with it and became a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know? I think it got, um, I think that because of that, because uh, we're usually only exposed to it on the level of like criminals trying to use it or a lot of the big cases that we were like, oh, like multiple Sybil. personalities, like Sybil turned out to be like bullshit. Right. That yeah. it it's kind of put a, a cloud over the entire thing. But it does make sense to me that yeah. your brain can is capable of doing like the Whatever it shit. needs to do yeah, to, to protect, protect itself. Yeah. The yeah. fact that they were like hooking him up to like EEGs though, like it's one thing to be like a really good actor or actress and be able to right. like maybe convince people in front of you that you really believe this thing, but to convince a fucking like medical machine into being like these, like, ch- these- the changes that were happening. they're like, that is fucking impossible. Like right. that mm. to me is like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I actually think, and this will not spoil it or whatever. Yeah. I think that he legitimately has dissociative disorder. Sure. But it got blown up by people around him because the Sybil doctor ended up being yeah. with him and stuff. Got blown up for publicity, money, yes. and all that stuff into sure. being more bigger, all that stuff than than what it was. So mm, yeah. That's my two cents. But yeah. it's it is very interesting. I'm I'm super interested to watch the um Britney versus Spears. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of what I got going on. And I'm going to watch Under the Tuscan Sun tonight. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I've done it. It was all part of my master plan. I actually invested some money in this movie called Under the Tuscan uh, Well, again, y'all know me. I watched Malignant. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. I am. I will I've watch. Heard, I've heard it's wacky. Dude. I've heard it is. I, I don't know the some spoiler. some of the weirdest, but- wildest shit I have ever ever seen the, the the second half of the movie like the first half you're like yes predictably going along this feels very much like a james wan horror film like that's what we're doing and i am living for it shit gets wild like in the second half of the movie and it is so bizarre and like weird and campy but i didn't hate it it's, okay it's strange it's like i didn't hate it okay i yeah. still very much enjoyed it but 
<laughs> it's not what you expected. Uh, yeah, I think everyone should just watch it themselves. Um, because you're like, take your own journey with it's, it. It's a little nonsensical <laughs> and strange, but I still enjoyed it. So yeah, hmm. Hmm. that's good. Interesting. Um, did you, you said you watched the new Candyman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dylan, I, I really liked that too. Dylan and Chris watched it last night. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. They like the first one better. The first that one is scarier. Consensus. Yeah. The first one is scarier, but I thought that the second one was a very good sequel yeah. because it is hard to make horror sequels. And I thought it was a good sequel. Did not watch it. Yeah. Did not that, say it in my tracks. Yeah. The original my is in my like top five scariest. It's great. Right. Yeah. yeah. The original is very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, didn't watch that. What I did watch was Only Murders in the Building. I started I watching that. that. We're like, we're we're up to the like they're dropping it like see, uh, episode by episode. So we're caught up. It is so yeah. good. It's actually really fucking good. Okay, I, yeah, I've I heard, heard I kinda, good things. I don't I have love. Two. I don't love what's his name. Steve Martin. Uh, no, I love Martin Short. Love Steve Martin. Yeah, kind of uh, on the fence about gotcha. Martin Short. He's kind of like one of those like he just. Yeah. I know not exactly really what you mean. He just gets annoying. And I won't say that there's not part times where you're just like, he's a bit annoying, but, but the balance he, between like Selena Gomez and Steve. Martin I like her too. Fucking a, like, a we should fuck Mary kill the three amigos. Just going to put fucking that out there. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Three amigos. Oh my God. That would be, well, that'd be pretty easy. Actually, that would be very difficult for me. I don't think yeah. so. Wait, it's Chevy chase. Martin Steve, short and Martin Steve Martin. Martin. Yeah. You fucking wait, wait, marry. Wait, 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 we'll do it later. We'll do it another time. We'll do it. Another I mean, time. this is we'll this time. is a salad. It's easy. All right. Anyway, fucking Martin or uh, Martin Short, meh. But Steve Martin and Selena Gomez, darlings. The the story takes some turns, of course, like it should. It's cute. It's, it's I really want to really see good. it. I do. It's okay. Really, really good. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I forgot to mention that I did watch the final episode of Nine. Perfect I, Strangers. I was going to talk to you about that off mic because. <laughs> Do not, I repeat this, if you learn nothing from this podcast, if you don't, take nothing away, don't do it. Don't watch Nine Perfect don't do Strangers. It, oh, so it pissed me I off it. to such wow. a terrible degree. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. No. That's the worst TV show I've watched in a while. And it, it started off so strong. I'm really mm. upset. I was so worried when you were like, uh-oh, tell me when you've seen the last episode. I was like, oh my God, does it fucking take a turn to good? Because I'm, I it have, did not. this roller coaster, I can't. I was like, do I have to watch no, it now? I'm no. so glad it I took, don't. It, when okay. I thought it was bottom, it found a new bottom Ooh. to go to. It, if, I was, if I was Leon Marat, we already um i would be I would furious sue. that somebody adapted my book this badly that's Ooh. and if you read the book doubly do not do i repeat do not put yourself through watching the show because it is Damn. so drastically it's so different. bad oh Awful. oh it's so horrifying bad. yeah Blech. Well, anyways Awful. you have something that we should watch. <laughs> Or not watch. We're not you want to warn us on something. You yes. can do that. Yes, we would appreciate it because I wasted a good nine hours on that. Uh, go to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworststatepodcast.com. And we love you so much. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.